hello, good afternoon, everybody, or early evening, however you prefer that. Uh, this is Dave and Sherry Everett. Uh, we're from Lighthouse Discipleship Center, uh, where we're doing our Bible study, uh, Don't Limit God, by Andrew Womack. And so, anyway, I think we're actually in our 10th week doing this. Uh, and so, this is week 10. If you go to our, our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, uh, you can see these archives. You just go to our messages and uh, go to our uh, series page, and, uh, and then you can view it down there. It's about the fifth one down now because we've done some other teaching series on Sundays now, so it's there. Anyway, uh, I go to watch how you can see our last nine uh, episodes. Anyway, so we're doing Don't Limit God by Andrew Womack, and we are still in our chapter, uh, The Fear of Risk. And I, we, I think we will wrap that chapter up today. That's a third chapter. I think there's only six chapters uh, total in this book, if I recall right. Uh, that's correct. So anyway, just uh, we're picking up mid-chapter, and we're under the section heading, uh, You Have Potential. And you do. You have potential. And so, again, uh, feel free to let us know uh, where, you're, where you're from. Say hello. And, uh, and feel free to ask any questions or comments, hopefully pertaining to the study material today. Uh, or any prayer requests you may have. If you have additional questions outside the scope of our teaching uh, today, uh, feel free to message us or uh, reach us to our website. Anyway, uh, Sherry, you ready? Uh, okay. She's going to be our narrator this, this evening, this afternoon, and then we'll go from there. Okay. One Christian motivational speaker has been known to say that if you want to go to a place that has the most potential, go to a graveyard. The vast majority of people take their potential to the grave, dying without ever realizing their full potential. Hundreds of people have <coughs> dreams and goals that have been set aside. They have let life limit them, therefore they limit God. Sometimes when I teach, I ask, are you reaching your potential? Are you doing what God really put in your heart? Then when I give an invitation, 80 to 90 percent of the crowd will stand and admit they don't know for sure that they're doing what God has called them to do. <coughs> How can people live like that? It has been 45 years since I have done my own thing. During this time, I've been following the leadership of God to the best of my ability. I haven't done it perfectly, but I've been seeking to follow God, and it has been awesome. I can't even relate to people who are living their lives and just letting circumstances dictate to them. They get a job because they have to make a living. They don't have a purpose. They don't know what God has put them here for. They aren't doing what God has equipped them to do. They aren't reaching their full potential. That's not life. That's not living. That's just surviving. God wants us to be practical. We need to take care of ourselves and our family. But in the process, we need to start dreaming and believing <coughs> God for those dreams in our hearts to come to pass. We need to say, Father, show me how I can make my life count. When I die, I want people to miss me and say, things were better because Andrew was around. Instead of saying, well, praise God he's gone. Our lives should be touching others and making a difference. Yet many of us are just living normal, substandard lives because we're afraid of taking risks. Amen. Well, thank you, Sherry. So again, uh, uh, thank you for joining and you who are watching. We're doing Andrew's Womack's book, Don't Limit God. And so we're, we're in the middle of the chapter that talks about the fear of risk and in the section heading, you have potential. And so you do have potential. This is a little short, short section that we read so far. But a couple of things I just want to piggyback on what Andrew's saying and our reading this so far. Uh, you do have potential, and Andrew says that when when uh, when he when he asks, eighty to ninety percent of the people in the crowd will stand and admit that they don't know for sure that they're doing what God's called to do. <clears throat> and that's actually a sad commentary, you know. Eighty to ninety percent uh, people, when Andrew asks, are they are they doing what God's called them to do? And uh, but eighty ninety percent say no, and uh, you know. Or they don't even know what God's called them to do. And I know we've touched on this already uh, in times past, but uh, I'll touch on it again. You know, you, we, I think we, can, we don't need to be guessing to do what God's called us to do. 
if we have a relationship with God and we're spending time with Him, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about being religious. I'm not talking about just going through the motions, but I'm talking about a relationship with God like you would have a relationship with a person, a spouse, a parent, a friend, uh, a boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, you know, when you have a relationship with something, you're not guessing where that relationship stands. Uh, you know what that, I mean, when you know somebody, when you love somebody, you know what they want. You might not know every single detail, and depending on the level of the relationship, but you know what they want. I mean, Sherry and I joke, I can do, I know what she wants for Christmas every year. Uh, you know, like, I don't even have to ask her, because I just know her. I know what she wants. I know what makes her tick. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a practical gift. Sometimes it's a, a special, unique gift. So, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, it just, uh, uh, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but when you know somebody, you just know what they want. I mean, uh, people who know me shouldn't <coughs> guess what I I want in some regards. I mean, uh, I know sometimes things change from season to season, but uh, but the big picture, people know some general things what I like. I mean, you want to give me a gift card? Give me Amazon. <laughs> you want to give me something sweet? Give me something chocolate. You want me to give me a, a restaurant? Give me El Cello. Uh, you know, if you if you don't know what the hell, go to Amazon. I already have a wish list uh, ongoing. But if you wanted something special. Every year when I have a birthday, people always ask what I want. And all I want is friends. All I want is a time to hang out with friends. You can't wrap that. You can't uh, package it. You know, uh, that's all what I always want. Anyone who knows me knows that's what I that what I desire. And so, and I just I'm not I'm not doing any of that the the self advertise here. But uh, anyway, you know when uh, you can know what God's will for you is, and what God's called you to do when you have a relationship with Him. You know, one of our favorite verses, we have it on our, our, our mantle here. You can't see it from your angle. But it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you desires of your heart. I believe that verse is saying, if you delight yourself in God, he will conceive in you a desire. Now, not every desire is from God. We have lustful desires, you know, uh, different things. We have uh, selfish desires. But, but when you are delighting in God, that's a key phrase. When you are delighting in Him, when any relationship, when you know, you can tell if someone's going just going through the motions of relationship uh, versus someone who's delighting in the relationship. If all I did was uh, take Sherry out for dates and, and just go through the motions, but there was no delight in it, it's not going to go very far. <laughs> you know, and then maybe I don't want to eat whatever she's serving me. I don't know what she's going to put in it. Uh, but not that she would do anything, that's probably bad. But at the same point in time, when you know somebody, you know, uh, when you're delighting someone, when, you know, we've, we've hung out with people before and you can just tell they don't want to be there. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like, might as well, in one sense of the word, you might as well stay home, you know, and I hope I'm not saying this wrong, but when you're delighting in someone, I'm trying to paint a picture, I'm not trying to uh, read into this, I'm just, uh, when you delight in someone, you want to be there, you want to hang out with them, you want to, you want to connect, you want to, you want to do something, when you're delighting in God, when you're delighting in Him. He will give you desires of your heart. And as it goes on to say in the next verse, commit your way to Him, trust Him, and He will bring that desire to pass. I added that word desire again because that's the way I believe that verse is saying. As you commit your way to Him with that desire, trusting Him with that desire, He, not you, will bring that desire to pass. But uh, the, the second part can't fully happen if you don't know what, the what desire is. And I encourage you, I encourage myself that and we started this whole ministry on this on this whole journey with delighting in him. He gave us a desire to go and uh, and get people established in their identity, equipped in his his word, and empowered to fulfill their, their destiny. Our purpose here in this church is to get the people discipled and knowing who they are in Christ and be, and so that they can be equipped to do what God's called them to do. Whatever that may look like. Whether that be a stay-at-home mom, a caregiver, or an entrepreneur, or a pastor, a minister of some kind, a firefighter, whatever God's called you to do. We want you to do what God's called you to do with all your heart. Maybe in the midst of your vocation, your vocation is to help you do the desire of your heart. Maybe you don't get paid to do your desire. Uh, but you, it's a, it's a, it, your job is a means to get your desire accomplished. Then go so be it. I've had jobs like that. I did the job itself. I didn't like it, but it, it got me to where I wanted to go. 
You know, and we've gone through some tough things in our own life. It hasn't always been a better version. But you know the one thing that gets me going every day is knowing what God's called me to do. And uh, even then, sometimes I question and I, uh, because of things going rough and I, I just re-examine, Lord, did I miss it? Did I get off the right, the wrong turn? Did I get off too early? <coughs> did I miss a, <coughs> excuse me, a fork in the road? Did I, am I doing this on my own strength? Am I doing, you know, and, and uh, it's in that secret place with God. It's in that quiet place with Him. It's in that personal relationship with Him that God either confirms, redirects, uh, convicts, uh, whatever He's got to do to get me back on path. And, and, and He's done all that. There's been times He's convicted me of something wrong. There's been times that He's had to redirect my steps. There's times that He's had me to do a do-over in a sense like I wasn't doing the wrong thing. I was just doing it the wrong way. Sometimes I was doing it in my own strength, my own wisdom, my own my own ability instead of his ability, his strength, and God just had me pause, get o- get over, and 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 get move over to the passenger seat so he can get into the driver's seat so he can direct his ship the way it's supposed to go, and so he's done all that. You know, all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. We all at times need to be reproved, and some of us, some of us just need to be pushed out of the eagle's nest. Some of us just need to fly. Some of us just need to soar. And so, uh, you know, we didn't. We need to know what God's will is. And how are we going to know that? Delight in Him. Delight in Him. And it goes on to say, and what and, uh, Sherry read, or Andrew said, is that, you know, um, some of us are just, you know, let me just read this little section here. It says, I can't even relate to people who are living their lives just letting the circumstances dictate to them. You know, we shouldn't be living based, based on our circumstances. Our circumstances should not be dictating what and what we do and what we don't do. We're not being governed by our circumstance. I believe we can we can govern we govern our circumstances. We tell them what to do. Uh, in a sense, we have authority. And uh, some of you that might not make sense. Like Dave, you can you you you've lost it somewhere. Uh, you know, we should be letting our circumstances dictate where we go. You know, the circumstances did not dictate whether Israel left Egypt or not. Whether they were going to cross the Red Sea or not. No, we have the Word of God at our disposal. Uh, if we're going to do what God's called us to do. It wasn't the circumstances that dictated whether Jesus and the disciples could beat the multitudes. Jesus told the disciples to meet the multitudes. But the circumstances dictated they didn't have enough food. They didn't even, some, the disciples themselves didn't even have a sack lunch. Jesus didn't even have a sack lunch. The boy did and so, but the circumstances didn't dictate what they could and could not do. No, it was the Word of God. It was Jesus that dictated what they could and could not do. And yet Jesus told the disciples to feed the multitudes. And in, in one account, he, uh, he, he lectured them how they, had, they didn't, weren't able to feed the multitudes and their own ability because they have a hardness of heart. Our, sometimes our hearts are so hard, we don't see this. And the disciples weren't doing any big sin. They weren't revolting against God. Uh, they weren't in, in, in some major disobedience. But at the same point, they were. But at the same point in time, we can we can uh, fail to do what God's calls to do because of a hardness of heart that we we're not seeing the God's at His word. We're not trusting Him. When, if God's called us to go do something, if God told us to go cross the Red Sea, if God told us to go cross, to feed the multitudes, if God's told us to do something, then we need to go do it. And usually when God tells you to go do something, it's not something you can do in your own strength. If all you're doing is doing what you can do, and I have a venture to say you're, 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 you're limiting God. That's the title of the book. And I don't want to limit God based on my circumstances. No, I want to do what God's called me to do. And it, it's, going to be, it, it, it's going to be a step of faith, a leap of faith, a life of faith. <coughs> and I, I want to live to my full potential what God's called me to do. But it's going to be by faith, not by sight. It's not going to be based on my circumstances. Man lives by every word that proceeds out of the man of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know... Um, those who live just by their circumstances, Andrew says, excuse me, that's not life. That's not living. Church friends, we are, we are born again. We are born of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the nature of God. We are supernatural beings. If you, if you peel back the onion, we are born again. We are not 
natural. We are supernatural. Paul says we, in, in 2 Corinthians 5.14, we know no man after the flesh. We are not just flesh and blood. We are born of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. God has anointed us to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. God has anointed us by His Spirit. His presence is in us to do exploits in His name. Whatever that might be. But we, uh, we, need, we, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't just be surviving. We should be living. And we, this life is not a dress rehearsal. We only get to live this life once. And as long as we have breath in our nostrils... We have a purpose. And I want to know what that purpose is. No matter what season that I am in my life, my season in this age, age in this season, and it is different than it was a few years ago. And, it, and the season I'm approaching and the, and, the, and the horizon in the future is going to be different. But I want to do what God's called me to do in this season and in the next season. Uh, even amidst COVID, even amidst these, these end times, we can do what God <coughs> has called us to do. The end times did not catch God by surprise. Jesus prophesied these times would come. James prophesied. Paul prophesied. John prophesied. Peter prophesied that these end times would come. That these perilous times would come. Uh, the, these COVID times did not catch God by surprise. We can do what God called us to do amid the circumstances, amid the finances, amid everything else. God, we can do what God calls us to do. He goes on to say, uh, God wants us to be practical. We need to take care, yes, we need to take care of ourselves and our families. But in the process, we need to start dreaming and believing God for these dreams to, in our hearts to come to pass. Yes, we shouldn't just be all spiritually minded when we're neglecting our families and we're neglecting our responsibilities. No, we need to do those things. But in the process, we need to dream. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You need to dream. Dream God-sized dreams and don't limit God. Do what God's called you to do. But you're not going to know <coughs> excuse me, what God's called you to do if you're not delighting in Him, if you're not having a relationship with Him. Uh, anything you want to add to this, Sherry? No, and I'm sure we'll get more into it. You know, there's no, there's nothing like being in the center of, of God's will. And He's not going to put you in a dangerous place to hurt you. You know, Dave mentioned that the Israelites, they even said at times, well, God just brought us out to kill us. No, God brought them out to save them and use them, his unique people, um, for a purpose. And he wants to do the same for you, each one of us. It doesn't matter, like Dave said, if you're a stay-at-home stay parent, if you're a firefighter, police officer, doctor, lawyer, pastor, student, retired, it doesn't matter God will use you exactly who you are and, and where you're at in life. And you don't have to be in the fivefold ministry. Yes, God does have people that he puts in that ministry. Pastors uh, are just one of them. But even if you weren't a pastor, even if you were someone just out on the street and you wanted to feed the homeless. If that's what God's called you to do, then that's just a great as a gift as being a pastor. If you are in a season to train your children in the way they should go, and that's your purpose in life for that season, then heck yeah, that is your purpose. Just as important as a pastor. In fact, you're pastoring your kids in a sense. So you, you can't, Say that one person is greater than the other, one gift is greater than the other. If God has called you to do something, then do it with all your heart. And, you know, we can get distracted by many things. We can get distracted by life and whatever circumstances come our way. We can get distracted by offense, bitterness, um, fear. There's a lot of different things. And I just encourage you to not let those distractions 
or fears take precedence over what God has called you to do. You know, we had um, asked someone, this was quite a while ago, we had asked them, you know, what what are your giftings? What what what's your dream in life? What what would you like to do? And they said, I just want to support a ministry. I just want to support a pastor. Well, then praise God. That's your purpose. You know, do it with all your heart. You know, stick stick to your your guns and do that. You know, my my dad is a pastor. He doesn't have a physical church building congregation. He ministers out on the street. He goes to recovery homes. Well, not really in COVID, but he, he goes to recovery homes and witnesses and, and teaches and disciples people. And that's his congregation. You know, he, he is plugged into a church. And praise God, you know, the, the senior pastor has my parents in, in leadership. But it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to match someone else's gifting in that same area you know the body of christ is unique because each one of us is different but very special very special and very needed you know she's uh, sharing touching on a couple of things i just made a couple of notes on uh, you know it says in ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 12 and he gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I am a pastor, but my job as a pastor in that role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I, we, it says in Second Corinthians chapter uh, 3, verse 6, I think it is, or verse 7, it says that we're all able ministers of the new covenant. That's the way I see people. That's the way I see the body of Christ. I see us all as able ministers. We might not be part of the five-fold ministry, as Sherry was talking about, as I, as I read, but my job is to equip you to minister, whatever that looks like. Even if you're retired, whatever that may be, my job is to equip you to, to, to live your full potential, whatever that might be. Whether that's just pastoring your own kids or your own grandkids, so be it. You know, and, uh, uh, but I, I believe a lot of times God has more for us than just that. Everything, uh, I forget exactly what Sherry said. That's this, but uh, I was just listening to a, a, a teaching series from Lawson Purdue uh, the other day, and it's a four-part series, and you actually can get that class, uh, that, that lesson is on our website, or our Bible classes, it's free, but anyway, it was on friendship, and I forget which lesson it was, I want to say it was the fourth lesson, but anyway, um, uh, Blossom was talking about friendships, and he was using the, the scenario of Aaron and her, who were lifting up Moses' arms so Joshua could win the battle. Joshua was fighting the battle, but Moses was holding up his hands. But Moses could not have held up his hands throughout the battle so Joshua could win the battle, so Israel could have victory if it wasn't for Aaron and her. Uh, she mentioned uh, that uh, uh, this one person came to us that all I want to do is support pastors. And yet, and, and, and Lawson was bringing down this, in, this, in, this, in this message how important her was. How important Aaron was. Aaron, yes, we, we, we know him uh, in his priestly ministry. But her, her. If her wasn't helping Moses, Joshua could not have won that battle. And Israel could, perhaps could have perished. Her was important. And just, he was just a helper. But a helper. We need helpers. We all need helpers. Your pastor, maybe I'm not your pastor, but your pastor needs a helper. Your spouse, your family, and just people. Maybe your employer just needs someone who will help. And so, whatever the case may be, be a helper. There's, there's nothing uh, wrong. It's actually a spiritual gift that if we were to read the spiritual gift, being a helper. You know, we need helpers. And so don't under underestimate your potential. Well, I'm just a pawn. I'm just a helper. Bless, be the best helper you're going to be. Do it well. You don't know. You could be a her that could actually change and save a nation because uh, they held up Moses' arms so Joshua could win the battle. And uh, in many ways, uh, I think sometimes... As pastors, we're helping people hold their hands up so they can win the battle. And so sometimes our arms get 
tired too. And so I'm just using that as an example with the scenario that I painted the picture. We all need help. Uh, and so maybe we can just be a breath of fresh air for someone so they can win the battle. And maybe they're fighting a battle for someone else and they just need a breath of fresh air. So don't ever underestimate how God wants to use you to be a blessing. See, God has equipped the saints, used us as pastors and ministers to equip the saints for the, the, the for, let me read it again, uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That word edify means to build up. My job is to equip you to help edify and build up others. My job is to lift your arms up and disciple you in such a way, equip you in such a way, so you can edify, so you can build up others. Your job is to build up others, as I'm building you up, and I myself will, uh, will uh, build others up. But my job is to equip you in any way I can to do what God's called you to do. Uh, hopefully that's making sense. Sherry, uh, uh, sure, you want to back on that? No, just, just I just want to encourage you to don't, don't look at yourself and say, well, I'm just this. No. I'm just that. If, if, if God didn't think you were valuable, why would he send his son to the cross for, for you and I? He, I mean, you're priceless. Nobody could be you except for you. God specifically made you to be who you are. And you're just as special and valuable as the next person, as the pastor. You're needed. You're very important in God's eyes. Yeah, and when we say it's just, I'm, it's just me, I'm, I'm not enough. No. You have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. You have Jesus on the inside of you. You have the fullness of the Godhead bodily on the inside of you. You are not just you. You have, you have been filled with this fullness, it says in John 1.16. Uh, and also Ephesians 3.19, that God has filled you with His fullness. You have the fullness of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have been bought with a price. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are not only worth dying for, as Sherry rightfully said, but you have been filled with God Himself. You are not just you. You are a miracle ready to happen for somebody else because you got the fullness of the Spirit of the living God. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of you. It's not just you. You need to know who you are. You need to be established in your identity, equipped in His Word, and you need to be empowered to go do what God's called you to do. And uh, even if that's just being a her. <coughs> you know, I don't believe her could have even done what he did without the Spirit of God. Joshua couldn't have done what he did without the Spirit of God. Moses couldn't have done what he did without the Spirit of God. If there's anything good in you, and there is, it's because of God. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. You are not just you. Even on your worst day, even when you made a mistake, you might have fallen, you might have fallen big, it's not just you. It's not God making a mistake. It's not God who sinned. It's not God who did things. But God has never forsaken you. He said he will never, no, never, ever forsake you, according to the Greek. I mean, there's, a, there's such a, a triple emphasis on that word. He will know never, but God so loved you, he died for you. And he has filled you, he has cleansed your house so he can fill you with his spirit. And you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And you can do exploits in his name. Praise God. Let's read some more. The fear, the fear of change. <clears throat> Another fear that hinders people is the fear of change. Many of us are afraid to do something different. Resistance to change is really strong in our culture. We aren't as grounded in tradition <coughs> as some other cultures are, but tradition is still strong in America. Just try pastoring a church or ask a pastor. I guarantee they'll say it's nearly impossible to get people to change. <laughs> One of the reasons people resist change is because they're lazy. It takes effort to change. I have a book entitled Effortless Change. In this book, I talk about how we can change effortlessly, but there's even an effort in that. 
The effort is getting into the Word of God <coughs> and renewing our minds. Then, as we think, that's the way we'll become. Proverbs 23, 7. Most of us just want to sit on our couches, watch something on television, and be mesmerized. When we say that someone is mesmerized by something, it means that person has given themselves over to and is being controlled by that thing. This is the way we are with television. We turn it on and sit there forgetting about everything else. We come under the control of the television. Did you know that you can become comfortable and get to a place where you stop stretching yourself? This can be seen in a lot of older people who have raised their families or have worked all their lives and are now ready to retire. They want to enjoy their grandkids, travel, and have a good time. There's nothing wrong with people enjoying the fruits of their labor, but I guarantee you, the moment they retire and start doing nothing, their health will begin to decline. God didn't make us to sit and coast through life. We will last longer, be happier, and more productive, and everything will work better in our lives when we have a purpose. The most fruitful people who come into our Bible colleges are those who are retired. They come to learn the Word of God. They don't have the same pressures and demands that they ha had in the past. We have retired people from all over the world who put their lives on the line by going to third world countries where they face sickness and disease in different cultures. And they are loving it. I just like this, you know, uh, don't, you know, none of us like change. Even good change can be scary. There's risk in change. There's also risk in just doing nothing. But I don't want to do nothing. If I, I, you know, I don't want to be stupid either. I don't want to do, do something foolish. I don't want to do something in my own strength. But I don't want to do nothing. I don't believe God, I don't believe God created us. Went to the cross to save us so we can be in relationship with him just so we were idle doing nothing. I don't think God did us. Yes, he, we were enough to die for. But God didn't die for us. Fill us with his spirit just so we can be idle. No, God has a purpose for us. God has a purpose. I don't care how old we are. I don't care how young we are. I don't care how uneducated we are. We have a purpose. And I want to know what that is. And I want to live to the full potential. And I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be a couch potato. Uh, you know, you might not be retired, but amidst COVID, some of us might be doing nothing. And in one sense, it might seem like we're doing nothing because we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. You know, we have, we, there's plenty to do. There's things to do. There's people to call. There's people we, we can write. There's people we can reach out to. We can go shopping for somebody. We can, there's things, there's plenty to do. You know, if you don't have work, there's plenty of places you can volunteer your time. Do something. Don't do nothing. And uh, uh, there's all kinds of things we can do. be doing, even amidst COVID, even amidst uh, the circumstances we are. But don't do nothing. Uh, you know, don't be lazy, you know. Um, you know, it's hard to change. It's hard to, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to get in a rut, you know. Um, you know, and, and there can be different reasons for that. Sherry and I have gone through some difficult things over the last couple of weeks and whatnot, and it's been, it, it's very tempting to just want to wallow in our pain, wallow in our misery, wallow in our, our, um, uh, in our, uh, whatever's going on. But we gotta get, we gotta roll up our sleeves, we gotta pull up our big boy pants and girls, Pull our thumb out of our mouth and get to work. There's stuff to do, and there's things that we got to do, and, and and it's not always easy to change. We're we we're in a season of change right now, and, and we're working on some things that are are a little bit out of our comfort zone, only because we've never been down this road before. And so, uh, so change can be scary, but when you know that you know it's something God's called you to do, and He's leading you, you can have peace in the midst of change. And you can have joy in the midst of change. And, uh, you know, I've even done some handyman chores the last couple of days I haven't never done before. You know, and uh, I did it. I got through it. Uh, you know, I was changing the doorknob the other day because two of our, our inner terror doors didn't have a door lock. And I never changed door locks before. You know, but I, I was changing these doorknobs. I hadn't done it before. 
And uh, one of them, I, 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 I did the first one pretty easy. I got that one. The second one was a little different. And I was like, how do you get the doorknob off? There's no screws. <laughs> you know? Well, then I found the screws, but they were underneath it. And, and I was like, how do I get to those? And, and so I didn't know how to, I was like, this looks so easy, yet it's so complicated. And I didn't know how to get the doorknob off. So I had Googled it. And, how to, and I actually saw something on the door where it was a type of lock, so I Googled it. And I found there was a little way to, to pull the doorknob just completely off. And, and so, um, and I found it off and I was able to get it done. It was, it was something out of my comfort zone. You know, I couldn't call on someone else to do it. I didn't have any handyman around that knew what to do. And yet it needed to be done and I got it done. And I know that might be a silly example, but sometimes we just got to, in a sense, get off our our couch and do something and uh uh and so change can be scary even good change and dave uh dave talking reminded me of peter you know when when jesus went to the cross um it, it said that all his disciples forsook him <coughs> and peter had actually denied christ three times and it said that he went away sorrowful and he could have wallowed in that misery and stayed in that depression and, and done something bad. Um, and yet, when, when Christ arose and welcomed Peter back and showed that he still loved and forgave him, you know, Peter turned around and he basically just ran into his purpose and he... I mean, he witnessed to so many people, and in, in one message, 3,000 were saved. And he went on to, to reach people and, and just to, to take off in the purpose that, that God uh, put those dis disciples into. And so, so don't look at your, your failures or bad season. I mean... We're, we're just sharing our example. We could be still wallowing in, in, in this season that we're in and, and be in depression and, and lose our, our vision and purpose. But we've chosen to hang on to, to God and the word that he's given us and um, to, 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 set, to set God um, as, as our, our focus just like Dave was was been sharing about in his messages, uh, just about the relationship with God and, and keeping God God first. You do that, and your purpose will be so strong in your heart that you you can't you can't not know what it is, uh, for lack of better terms. You know, just delighting in, in God and and walking with Him. You know, we, we when we went to Bible college, there were eighty-year-old-year-olds um, going with us. They went on the mission trip with us, and we would we were we never guessed that they were in the eighties. We we actually had to go ask them because a couple of the people on the team were like, "How old is this person?" You know, they don't they don't, they they're keep they're pretty much keeping up with us in fact some of them are even better than some of the younger ones and and so we point blank asked you know how old are you well, I'm 80 something and we were shocked because they were so delighting in where God had them and they were ready to take on the world so to speak and you know God's purpose is just amazing and when we went through the season the five years, what we call our, our famine, we, we didn't have jobs, we didn't have purpose. That was so hard. And we could have held on to that struggle and that purposelessness that was so hard to take in. And I, I won't deny we didn't have our bad days. But that season, we actually were witnesses to a lot of people because we had good attitudes in the fact that we trusted God. Only God could help us get out of this. Only God could give us purpose. Only God could give us vision. Only God could direct us on the next step. And yes, God is the one who got us out of it. And 
and praise God for that. And that's something that we can look back on as a, a pillar, so to speak, like the Israelites, as a remembrance. God got us through this. He will continue to get us through whatever we're going through. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jay. Well, let's go ahead and read a little bit more. So, so, the chapter, so, we'll see how we do. so it's called Don't Quit. Jamie and I have been in ministry for over 45 years. We've been through a lot of hard times. Once, I was talking with a group of preachers about some of the tough times we'd gone through. I told them about the financial problems Jamie and I had faced, such as when we hadn't eaten in two weeks during that, the time that Jamie was eight months pregnant. They said to me, My God, what, did you, what you did to Jamie is worse than anything we ever did to our wives. Yet these men had committed adultery, lied, stolen, and gone to jail. They had done all these terrible things, and they still thought what Jamie went through was a lot worse. I have been through a lot of hardship in my life. I think Jamie is the only woman on the planet who would have stuck with me through what we have gone through. Radio broadcaster Paul Harvey even noted on his broadcast once that one particular hardship of ours was one of the worst things he had ever heard in his life. The Lord, had, the Lord spoke to me in a dream on July 26, 1999. He told me I was just now starting my ministry. This was after I had been in ministry for 31 years. If something had happened and I had died, I would have missed what God called me to do. This was, this was both encouraging and discouraging at the same time. It was discouraging because I spent 31 years in ministry being schooled for the ministry God had called me to. On the other hand, it was encouraging because we had seen some great things happen over those 31 years. So if I was just starting my ministry, that meant it was only going to get better. When we started on television on January 3rd, 2000, we hit a place where things were working nearly effortlessly. Before that time, it was a struggle. We were on the verge of disaster. It looked like our ministry could die at any moment. Then all of a sudden, things just began to work. There was an anointing that wasn't present before. People began responding to our message and our ministry. Over the next two years, our ministry doubled. Finally, there was light at the end of the tunnel, and it wasn't a train. We were going to make it. We were going to survive we actually started seeing people's lives change. The lesson is, though we'd had problems all years prior to that, we didn't get lazy and quit. We would have limited what God wanted to do in our lives if we had. We don't need to rust out. We need to wear out. We need to burn out serving God. We can rest throughout all eternity. People are resistant to change because they've made their nests. They limit God because they have it nice. They are lazy. They are comfortable. That's not a good place to be. i would just given up on ever getting to a place where I coast. Right now in our ministry, we are believing God for bigger things than ever before. I'm never going to quit dreaming. Until I go to be with the Lord, I am going to be working on something. I am so thankful I have a purpose that is going to keep me going until I draw my last breath. There will never be an end to what I'm doing. I believe that I'll leave this earth preaching. Yeah. Uh, some good things that Andrew says there. You know, uh, I don't believe God has called us necessarily to burn out in a sense that we are burning the candle on both ends, but we're in a sense that we're so burned out we are no good. We're no, we can't do anything. At the same point in time, I believe there's work to do. We will, have, in one sense, I agree with Andrew. We we have all eternity to rest. There's work to do, you know, and we, yes, we need to enjoy our families, whatever, uh, but we, there's work to do. Uh, you know, God brought us together because there's work to do. We need to enjoy each other, and we, and we balance that, but I don't believe God brought us together just for us. God brought us together to be partners in, in what God's called us to do, uh, to fill our purpose, my purpose, her purpose, and whatnot, what, however that, that joins together. Anyway, um... I was going to piggyback on some things, you know, just here. Uh, there's some things that we can really relate to. Sherry and I have gone through some 
difficult times over the years uh, since we started some ministry. We have some good stuff. We have some good times. We've had some very fruitful times, and we've also had some um, some more challenging times. And and actually, the Lord just gave us a word the other day about how the light is on <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we feel like we've been in a tunnel for a while in some areas. Uh, and uh, you know, God, uh, we just can't quit doing what God's called us to do, unless God tells us that we're wrong, unless God tells us that we. That we need to change. Uh, now, now we feel like we're in a season of change where God's going to do something new, uh, and we don't know exactly what that looks like yet. But we're 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 our antennas are up. We're we're ready. We're we're ready in the sense that we're willing. We're we're listening. Uh, hopefully, I'm making sense with that. We're listening. We're open. Uh, we're not so. We don't got our roots so down, and we're not willing to, to move or whatever. We are in a very uh, mobile. Uh, position right now. Um, we're here. We're we got a lease for a year here, so we're we're here for a little while. Because I don't believe God wants us to be irresponsible. He wants our yes to be yes and our no to be no, and there's a lot of can be piggyback on that. But you know, uh, the title of this section is "Don't Quit." Don't quit. And there's been I have to be honest. There's been many times through the last months and even weeks I've wanted to quit in the flesh. But in my spirit, I just know I'm not supposed to. And I know that's not God. And, and yet, uh, uh, we, we, we keep going. And we keep doing what God's called us to do. And I can't let the circumstances dictate what I do. i got to let God dictate what I do. I need to be open-minded. I need to listen. And uh, I need to make sure I'm not doing my own strength. Uh, and I, I can't say there's not times I haven't. Uh, but I, I know big picture, we haven't. Uh, small picture, I'm sure there's times where we have. And I can't say we've done everything perfectly. It's just like Andrew said, he hasn't done everything perfectly. But at the same point in time, I just know uh, there's, you know, there's a point where Paul, John talks about in 1 John where our heart doesn't condemn us. My heart does not condemn me about the big picture of different things. There's some areas where God has reproved me on at time, from time to time, but big picture not. You know, and uh, i got to know what God's called me to do, and I don't quit. You know, um, uh, there's times where we need a, re a reprieve, and I sense we're kind of a, somewhat of a sabbatical season right now, a semi-sabbatical, if not a full-on sabbatical. Um, but, uh, uh, but at the same point in time, uh, there's a time to rest. There's a, there's a time to, to, to take a vacation, and that's all important and needed. But there's work to do, and there's something to do, and uh, we all have a, something to do. And, uh, uh, you know, and so even if I've never got a paycheck, even if I, uh, I had to pay to, 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 to do stuff, I'll do what God calls me to do, you know. Uh, uh, and so uh, I'm unfortunate I'm able to take a paycheck. But if I didn't get a paycheck, I'm still doing what God called me to do. <laughs> I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it because that's what God's called me to do. And whatever that looks like, you know. Uh, I mean, we started this ministry. It was two and a half years before I ever got a paycheck. I'm willing to go back to that, and I don't even know why I'm piggybacking on that. It's just, I want to do what God's called me to do. It's not based on money. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on knowing what the Word of God is, whatever that looks like. And He can change it, but I can't quit, and i got to let God be willing to change you know, their seasons. And sometimes the seasons change, and sometimes there's a, there's a, a directional change. Uh, because God knows what he wants to do. I mean, Paul went on ministry journeys. Jesus went on ministry journeys. Uh, and God called him to go to different places and different things at different seasons. And some of the places Paul stayed, he was there sometimes three and a half years or whatnot. Uh, you know, so sometimes, he, but then we see him moving all over the place. But we don't know how often he did that. Sometimes Paul tempted that, so he didn't put pressure in the ministry. Sometimes he received, so he could be a full-time ministry. Paul went in and out of full-time ministry, and I'm, okay, I'm totally okay with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. What I do have a problem is not doing what God's called me to do. Uh, what I do have a problem is getting another job if God didn't tell me to get another job. What I do have a problem with is getting paid for ministry if God didn't tell me to get paid for ministry. I have a problem. I think the safest and the most successful place is being in the center of God's will. And there's only one way of knowing that. Delighting yourself in the Lord so He can give you desires of your heart. Uh, and so that's how we know it. And uh, day by day, you know, uh, uh, you know, I can't let God, what God told me to do yesterday, be my direction for the day. God, He's our, 
it's our daily bread. And I, uh, he's my, he's my master. He's my God. And, and I go and do what God calls me to do. And I don't do that perfectly. But I, if I'm selling anything, I'm selling having a relationship with God. Having a relationship with Him is the most important thing to do. And, uh, and doing what God's called you to do. You know, um, uh, you know, even Lawson says that you won't let money dictate what doing what God calls Money is never going to be the factor of doing what God's called him to do. He's going to do what God's called him to do. And money can't be the factor for me to do what God's called him to do. I'm just sharing some things from my story. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what God's called you to do. But do what God's called you to do. Don't quit. Don't limit God. Be, be open to change. And, uh, but, but delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you desires you heart. And when you have that desire, commit your way to Him with that desire. Trust Him, not you, with that desire. And He will bring that desire to pass. Uh, don't let the circumstances dictate what you're going to do. Don't let COVID dictate what you're going to do. This doesn't catch God by surprise. You know, I think the church can do more in the way that we're doing it now in some ways. We can be very innovative. We can be very creative. The church is not limited to a building. You know, there's so many times I wanted a building for the church, but, but I'm so glad we don't have a building now. We, don't, we didn't waste our funds for the building because we, we wouldn't, uh, I'm not saying we won't have a building in the future, but uh, I'm, sometimes I'm so, so glad we didn't have a building. You know, so it, it just, you know, God's good. It's just awesome. And we are totally flexible. We can take this church anywhere. If someone wants to have this church in their living room, their church, the, a park, wherever, we'll go. I mean, we can take this church anywhere. And I like being in that position. And, uh, and so uh, I like being totally mobile. You know, if God calls to go to South Dakota, I'll go to South Dakota. Wherever God calls me to go, I'll go. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Especially with everything going on in our world, in our country. I really don't have a problem with that. I don't want to leave family. And family is important. But I do what God called me to do. And so let's read this last little section unless you have something to share. I don't want to cut you off. Do you have something to say? Not that I can think of. Okay. We're going to read this last little section so we can finish out this chapter today. Satisfaction and contentment. God will call us to do something beyond ourselves. He called me to preach, and I was an introvert who couldn't even look at a person in the face while talking. Now I talk to millions of people. God asks us to do things that we can't do. This makes us dependent on Him. If we're just doing what we can do, we've missed God. God is calling us for something special, and some element of risk will be involved. The perfect love of God will cast out fear. If you really knew the plans that God has for you, and what He wants to do with your life, you would realize there's more than what you are doing. Your life would be more fulfilling and more satisfying. There was a satisfaction and a contentment that come when you know that you're doing what God called you to do. But you will never experience that satisfaction while doing your own thing or whatever opportunity presents. You need to get rid of this fear of failure and recognize that if you aren't stretching yourself and seeking after God's will for your life with everything you've got, you're failing. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This isn't just for full-time preachers or ministers. This is for every Joe Blow and Jane Doe Christian. Every one of us. It's our norm, normal Christian duty. Jesus died for us, so we should live for him. We should commit ourselves without any questions. If the Lord asks us to do something, we need to say, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. If you haven't reached that place yet, you are limiting God because you are afraid of what he's going to ask you to do, what it's going to cost. God is the biggest giver who ever existed. God will never let you outgive him. When God sees you giving something up and putting yourself at risk to follow Him, He will always wind up blessing you more than you ever blessed Him. Take the limits off God and watch His blessings overtake you. 
I got a couple things, and actually some of these things we've already thinking back on already, but uh, I just want to comment on them again since they're here. Uh, uh, Andrew says, if we, if we are doing, just doing what we can do, we've missed God. If what you're doing is something you can do because you can do it, and I agree with Andrew, I've said it before already in this, uh, this Bible study, you know, you've missed God. I don't say that to hurt you, I don't say that to condemn you or, or whatever, but if it's something you can do, then I say we miss God. Because I believe God's going to call you to do something that only He can do in you and through you. That you're going to have to trust Him. That you're going to have to rely on Him. And that can still be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home parent because you need to trust God to do what God's called you to do. Maybe you need to trust God for the finances to do what God's called you to do. Even if it means staying home. However God's going to call you to do. But I believe that when God calls you to do something, it's going to be something you have to trust Him. And if, and if we're going to do what God's called to do in this ministry or anything that God, we're going to have to trust Him. It can't be something we can just do uh, because of our skills. You know, some people think that they're supposed to do it where they're skill, skilled and gifted in. And that may very well be true. But sometimes, and again, if you're relying on your skills instead of God's supernatural working in your life, that may not always be the indicator that's what God's called you to do. Because God may call you to do something that's way beyond you. Way beyond your skills and your personality or whatnot. And, and just because it's not your personality or your skill doesn't mean it's not something God, God, God's called you to do. Because it may very well be. And so, and I'm not saying it is or it's not. But as you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you that desire. And that desire goes with this, this next point that I want to piggyback on of Andrews is the satisfaction that he's talking about. I almost wanted to highlight this whole paragraph. He's, I want to read this paragraph again. The perfect love of God will cast out fear. If you really knew the plans that God has for you and what he wants you to do with your life, you would realize there's more than what you're doing. Your life would be more fulfilling and more satisfying. There are, there are a satisfaction and a contentment that comes when you know that you're doing what God has called you to do. You know, and that's so true. We have gone through some heartache. We've gone through some tough times. And, and, and none of that in itself, I believe, is of God. Uh, but at the same point, that point in time, um, there's just a satisfaction in my heart that we're doing with there's a contentment in my heart that we're doing what God's called to do. <clears throat> I can't say we've made every single minor decision right in every single thing. We haven't done everything perfectly, but big picture, there's just this, this satisfaction. In other words, I don't lose sleep at night like thinking, I just miss God. I miss God. I've wasted my life. I don't have that. I don't have that at all. And so we, we might not have what we call a big ministry, but I know that we know we're doing what God's called to do. And it may be, as we read in the section before, that this thing is just about ready to explode. I don't know. But in one sense, I'm keeping those results to Him. I'm just doing what God's called me to do. And I'm not so big. I'm not, I'm not after the fame. I'm not after the, the largeness of this ministry. I know that might not be a right word. But I'm after... I'm just after the satisfaction and contentment of knowing, as Paul said at the end of his ministry, I've ran the race, I've fought the fight, I've finished my course. I want to do what God has called me. I want the satisfaction and contentment of knowing I've done what God's called me to do. And then the last thing I want to piggyback on is when Paul, I mean, and is quoting from Romans chapter 12, is that, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world, COVID, uh, circumstances, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove whether that good, acceptable, <coughs> and perfect will of God. How are you going to know that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God by, uh, by uh, doing exactly what he says? That by the mercies of God that you present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and, and acceptable to God, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. As your mind is renewed by God's word, as your mind is renewed 
but by, by delighting yourself in Him, you're gonna. And as you have a relationship with God, that's real. It's not. It's a relationship. It's not religion. You will know that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Is there something you want to comment on, Sherry? Yes, it's kind of a, a personal testimony about myself. You know, I grew up, when, when I was a child, I was very quiet. I didn't want to make a stir. In fact, I was so shy that my mom and I, who she also was shy at the time, we would argue if we were out at a restaurant about who would ask the waiter for ketchup or salt or napkins, whatever we needed at the table, we would say, no, you do it, no, you do it. But we, we, both of us could not handle being the person to make waves, to, to do anything. And um, now, if, if you get me talking about God, it's really hard for me to shut up. And I never would have dreamed that I would be in the pastor role. Um, I, I just thought I would be behind the scenes. I would, you know, let let Dave speak, and yet God has has used my my voice, so to speak, and minister to people. And I, and in the past, I never would have dreamed that I would be put in that position. But it's it's like putting on a comfortable shoe, because that's that's the purpose God has for me. Yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I'm a pastor's wife. But I also have a gift and a calling too. And, you know, sometimes I do still struggle with, are you sure, God? Are you sure you can use me? But God, every single time says, yes, I have this purpose for you. Yes, I have put you and Dave together for this purpose. And the satisfaction of, of knowing that my God loves me so much to give me that purpose has encouraged me so many times. And I just encourage you, it doesn't have to look like my gifting or calling or Dave's gifting or calling. It's specific to you and your relationship with God. And there's no person, no gifting, no calling that is not as as good or as important as someone else's it i wish i wish i had the words I, I i want to be so clear in what i'm trying to to share that it doesn't matter where god has you you're important your purpose whether it be a season or for your whole life that that looks like a certain way is important you know we we have friends who took in family to to care for them and that season that was a great tremendous purpose you know who else was there to take these people in and, and show them the love of christ and to minister to them like christ you know that that was an amazing gift and calling for that that season and so don't don't despise what your life looks like because God will turn everything right side up and the right direction and make it so clear to you. You know, all, all we ask and encourage is, is that you, you strengthen your relationship with God and you listen to Him and He will direct your steps. Yeah. He will guide you into the purpose He's called you. You know, growing up, I had that stigma in my mind. If God calls you, he's going to call you to, to the furthest, darkest corner of Africa. And whether you like it or not, that's where, if, if, if you want God to use you, that's where he's going to call you to be. So I was like, well, in that case, I'm not going to put myself out there for God to use because I don't want him to, to send me somewhere where I don't want to be. That's the farthest thing from the truth. He, he he takes your purpose, your gifting and calling, and who you's, who he's created you to be, and he puts them together, and you have joy in doing what he's called you to do. You have joy in doing your purpose. Amen. Well, we're out of
out of time for today. And we actually finished chapter three. We'll start chapter four next week. Uh, again, we've been uh, looking at Andrew's Walmart's book, Don't Let It Get Out. So if you have any prayer requests, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, follow us on our website, lighthousediscipleship.org. I just want to pray you out as we as we close this afternoon. So I just thank you for all of us, and uh, thank you for our friends, and uh, I just speak your blessing over their lives, Lord. I don't know how this message ministered to each person, but Lord, I, I know I pray for all of us that our relationship with you would grow. That, that that would be the number one thing in our lives that we guard above everything else is our relationship with you. And through that relationship, Lord, you would begin to show us things that we don't even know. And you begin to show us and direct our steps and that we would be responsive to do and to be what God has called us to do and what you have called us to be. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have, uh, you are our provider, you are our savior, you are our healer. Anyone who's not doing well, we just speak your healing. Uh, we receive it right now in their lives, in their bodies, in any way, shape, or form. Anyone who needs wisdom and direction, provision, Lord, we thank you for that and for answering those needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Speak a blessing as we go about this week, and uh, we just speak. Uh, we just thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from you. God bless you guys. We love you. And I will see you next week. Have a good week. God bless.